Hello, what's up? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree today. I'm sorry, this episode is very, very late. It's the 10th of October, 2019. Today's Thursday. I'm back in Australia and I feel sad. Boy, oh boy. I woke up at midday today. I woke up at, I, I like, my eyes opened at kind of 8 in the morning and I rolled over. <laughs> Maybe this has got something to do with why I'm sad. I rolled over and I uh, I <laughs> grabbed my phone and I completed my <laughs> my Centrelink fucking New Start allowance claim. And then I went and then I and then like because I was kind of jet lagged, I got in at eight thirty p.m. last night and uh, got picked up and. By, by, by the lovely Luca Muller. Thank you, mate, for picking me up from the airport. And then just kind of came back home and hung out and and went to sleep. <clears throat> Very ambitiously tried to get to sleep without any music or podcast or anything after I'd just done a 24-hour flight from the other side of the world. I was like, I'm going to... I always do that, man. Whenever I... Um, I normally, like, I reckon 90% of the time I sleep with, uh, I go to sleep with like a podcast on or some music and especially for the last four months I've been traveling so that's almost always sleeping in like someone else's space Um, so I'll put my headphones in and have that stuff playing so I've really conditioned myself over the last four months to go to sleep with some sort of media to distract me so that I can get to sleep. Um, but I know that's not good. And so when I'm, when I feel like I have a bit of time, you know, like if I don't need to be up early in the morning, so I don't need to get to sleep real quick. I'm not like starved of sleep or, you know, I'm not on a schedule or whatever. I like to go to sleep without any music or anything, but I treat it as like a challenge. Like, um, you know, like I know I'm, I'm doing the right thing, like eating veggies. It's like, I know I'm doing the right thing, but it is an effort to decide to do it. Like it's a hard decision. It's not like it doesn't come naturally, you know? Um, and last night I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm back home and it's time to be healthy again. And, uh, <laughs> with jet lag, I just fucking tried to go to sleep. How crazy that that seems absurd. I was about to laugh at the fact that I tried to sleep without any music or podcast or anything. Like I'm trying to do a good thing. I should be able to sleep. I should be able to just go to sleep. What the fuck is wrong with me that I, I need some sort of distract, like, and then I couldn't, man. That's the thing. As soon as I, tr- I like, I tried to go to sleep, I was there for about an hour from like, from like 12.30 till like almost 2. I was just like, nah, man, I'm going to try and, uh, was it that or, I don't know, whatever, it was like an hour, and I was just trying to lie there and go to sleep, and I was tossing and turning and thinking about, I, I was thinking about money, I just got back from four months overseas, from, uh, largely, in terms of financially, a disastrous, <laughs> disastrous trip overseas. <laughs> Uh, all of my own doing this is what I've been realizing man for the last fucking month or so I feel like I'm on the cusp of a of a breakthrough psychologically with myself because I've been realizing that I just don't need to go away for as much as I do and like 
why do I feel like I need to go away and why do I feel sad now that I've come back to, to Melbourne? And why do I now only look like I'm like, okay, I'm back in Melbourne and that's bumming me out and then now I'm just looking forward to doing gigs on the Gold Coast in November. But why should I... Why is that the only thing I'm looking for? Like, I can look forward to... I can fucking hang out with my friends tomorrow. Why am I... Why is it that for me, travel is the only thing that seems like it's something that I can look forward to? Because then when I go travel, it's like I'm just in another place. I'm not doing anything different. Um, and I think part of the reason why I'm sad is I feel like I've come back to a life here. And I'm like, well, if this is my life, maybe I don't like it. I don't know. No, I... Oh, fuck, I can't wait to go to therapy. There's a, I, I guess... I've just got a lot of stuff to do, man. I feel fucking frazzled. Like, I don't know where to start with the things that I need to do. I feel like I just abandoned my life for four months. And now I don't, you know, and now I don't have one anymore. And I've got to rebuild it again. And I've got to do that every year. Why do I do that to myself? I've got to clean my house. My floor is infuriatingly dirty in my room. I've got to go to Centrelink. <laughs> Am I really just going to read things out that I need to do? Um, I went to Centrelink today and the guy said that he was going to put my claim on fucking, on, on like Express. And then the other lady, there were two competing people telling me different things. Like the guy, I went up to him and I, you know what? I probably didn't even need to go to Centrelink to be honest, but there's one form that they need for my claim. That's like, what shares do you have? And I'm like, you know, like I do have shares, but I've only got 800 bucks worth now, but they still need the form for like the statement from my share company or whatever. And I'm like, I throw those out, mate. I, those, those go in the bin. <laughs> Who gets a share statement from the company they have shares with for fucking like a couple grand or whatever and goes, oh, let me put that with the rest of my personal effects. That's embarrassing. <laughs> let me put this uh, fucking, this, uh, this monument to my shame with my birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> what a chronology that would make. So when I die, they fucking open this plastic folder to find my birth certificate um, and and like a fucking thing to... <laughs> like my hex debt, some piece of paper that's just got how much money I owe the government for the university <laughs> degree that I never finished. And then... And then... Um, and then fucking... Just a, just a share statement from when I turned 25 that had $13,000 and then incremental statements every six months thereafter showing less and less money. Oh, I, today when I was filling out that Centrelink form, <laughs> this really hit me actually. Um, when I was filling out the Centrelink form, it's, there was a, there's one that you can... Um, you can select that's like, are you now or have you ever been in a, <laughs> like in a partnership, you know, like, have you ever had a significant other? Have you ever lived with a significant other? And I'm like, nope, same as always, mate. You should remember this from the last times from the previous 
fucking seven years that I've been claiming Centrelink off and on. <sighs> My life sucks. Ugh. I mean, I'm fulfilled. I have comedy, but then it's just like... I have nothing else. I think I have... I feel like I have nothing else at times. That's scary to say, isn't it? I mean, it's not that bad. I've got friends and... And and fucking... I don't have money. I've got... I've got uh, the mindset of someone who has money. Which is something that's... It's not nothing. Like, when I get money, I'm not scared, you know? I feel like some people, when they get money, they're just like, what? like, what's the difference in mindset? Like, I still have a better mindset than some dude who's sleeping on the street, isn't it? Like, if you give me a thousand dollars, I mean, that's like a month, that's, I could live for a month. I wonder if some homeless dude would live for a month on a thousand dollars, or if there's like, I, I got way more shit that I need to, oh, that's another thing I need to write down, dentist. <laughs> dentist that's good that thinking about homeless people reminded me that i need to go to the dentist let me write that with my left hand um i need to go to the dentist i got four fillings in the top row i've got three that need to be done in the bottom row but the top row still been hurting yeah still been hurting a little so uh let me go back to that that lady and go oi here's the thing though is that i could go like oi you fucked it up but it's like she didn't fuck it up she i just <laughs> i just paid for what you know i could afford to get there she was like you might need a root canal but also you might not so you could go for the cheaper option of the fillings or you could get the root canal to be safe and i was like put me on that cheaper option baby so there's that I need to get a job, maybe. That's what I was thinking about last night. I was thinking about, um, like, do I get a job or do I just start a comedy room and ask the pub for a hundred bucks a week, you know, to run the room and then just fucking MC it every week. And I could do that. I'm sure the room would be okay and, like, try and promote it well. I don't fucking know, man. I need to, I need to focus on my life outside of comedy, I think. I need to focus on hanging out with my friends, enjoying myself, finding fun things to do that aren't comedy and things to look forward to that aren't comedy so that I can, like, you know, just derive joy from other shit so that then if comedy, I mean, it's not like I'm even not enjoying comedy. I'm fucking, I'm having so much fun doing comedy. I've had so many great gigs in the last four months. Last night when we were driving back from the airport, Luca, no, Blake, so one of the two of them, I don't know, they look the same, um, asked me, highlight, low light for the last four months. And I was like, low light, easy. Low light, um, either the few days after the Champions League final when I was hung over and coming down and by myself in that, hostel but there was even like a there I there was like a bit of sweet there was like a level of what's the word it was kind of epic that sadness you know I enjoyed it because I knew it would be a good story <laughs> and that Peruvian man god I miss that Peruvian man oh how I oh how I long for thee Peruvian man 
just asking me questions, telling me about his kid. He seemed like he was on his way to reconnect with his kid. Um, yeah, that was pretty bad in Madrid. Or other low light was um, the the girl telling me that she couldn't, she didn't want to hang out with me in London. Two low lights, but then highlights. I mean, it'd be it'd have to be just any of the great gigs that I'd had. I reckon. What's like some? I'm sure I've laughed until I couldn't laugh anymore a bunch of times while I've been away. Why is it that I don't remember those moments, but the moments that I remember that I would class as highlights aren't times when I've just laughed a bunch and felt good. It's like times when there's like a photo attached, you know? Like I'm tempted to be like when we went up <clears throat> when we went up and watched the fireworks with everyone after Edinburgh. And it was really nice. That was great. I had a great time then. But I didn't feel like that was, you know, like a, a singularly incredible moment. And then I've had good gigs. I had good gigs. I had good ones. I've had some great gigs, man. That fucking opening opening the um, comedy club in Rotterdam, comedy club Hauch, opening that, or closing that on opening night, amazing. Um... Oh, I mean, meeting my biological dad. Is that a highlight? No, that was just a thing that I did. Maybe some of the times in Asia, those gigs weren't great, though. Riding motorbikes around Koh Samui. That's a great thing that I did. Yeah? Like, am I, am I really so sad that I can't remember that fondly? When I, when I fucking... Go, when I was um, trying to go up those crazy hills and pretend like I knew exactly how to ride a motorbike when I didn't. And I went past that truck full of tourists and, uh, and like waved to them. And then they turned the corner to see me with my motorbike stuck and I couldn't lift it out of the ditch. And that Thai man had to come and help me get it the right way so I could fucking keep going up the hill. That was a good moment. And then going down that hill when it rained, when it was just piercing down with rain and like, did I have a bag on that day? No, I have my bag. That's right. I had my bag in the back of the motorbike. But I was going down the hill and it was raining. And I didn't even have... I had a helmet on, didn't I? But I don't remember having a visor. The rain was just like hitting me in the face, I think. Or am I making that up? That was a good memory. That was nice. I felt very free. I remember feeling very free then. Going down that hill with the rain lashing me in the face. And just, and it's like cold, but it's like hot because it's Thailand. So it's like, you know, humid, but it was still kind of cold because of the rain. Ah, you know, going down the hill. That was good. Um, what other happy times have I had in my life? <laughs> Doing this podcast, man. Doing this podcast has been real fun. It's been a nice grounding thing. I've had some nice conversations with people. I've got a few coming up. Man, I hope you guys enjoyed that Caitlin Durante one last week. She was great. Um, I had a really nice conversation with my boy Karai Hussain, who's a photographer, um, takes photographs of, of beautiful female models in scenic locations around Europe, and I talked to him about how he does that without people thinking he's a creep, you know? How he communicates to the women he takes photos of that he's not a creep. Crazy, really. 
I, I asked him about it in person. I was like, how do you do that? Because, and he, he goes in one of the top, not on the podcast, but earlier, he was like, I was like, how do you do that, man? Like, how do you, I, I, it's just, it's very impressive that you make these people feel comfortable so you can take the photo. And he was like, yeah, you just got to, you know, let them know that you're not a creep. And I was like, but I am a creep. <laughs> but what, what if you are a creep? How do you, how do you lie? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why I'm not a photographer. Um, and um, oh, and I had a great conversation with Ella Nobra Watts about. Uh, I got to forget. I got to ask her how to pronounce her name properly because I'm not sure if that's it. Nobre, 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 Nobre Watts, Nobre Watts, No Brain Watts. Stupid. No, she was great about how her dad like abandoned her in her life for like 15 years and and she's mixed race and we talked about being mixed race and and uh and just like I remember there was a moment in that podcast where actually that was a cool thing I was just like why do what do we want from these people I asked her that what do we want from the dads you know why do we have this desire to go and ask them these questions? Is it because we're unhappy? Is it because is it because we all have unhappiness in our lives and we want them to be able to be the person who can be like, I'll fix it. Is that what I'm doing with the therapist now as well? I've decided I'm going to go get therapy. And as it happens, I've come back to Melbourne and, and been able to admit to myself that I'm unhappy and unfulfilled. And I'm putting a lot of pressure on this therapist to fucking fix that for me, aren't I? And I shouldn't be doing that. I should be trying to... I mean, I should go and get help. That's an interesting... Almost like a a, a contradiction, isn't it? You've got to fix the problems yourself. So you shouldn't put all that pressure on another person to be the person who's going to fix your problems. But it's still important to ask for help with your problems so that when... So that you can... Like, you can't just do it yourself. I don't know why. Why is it important to ask for help? Because they're not going to fix them for you, but they're going to show you what your problems are so you can fix them, maybe. Maybe I'll stop doing this podcast once I go to therapy. Maybe I'll just have a person to bounce these fucking things off of and then I won't need to do this podcast anymore. Or maybe I'll just I'll stop enjoying the podcast, you know? I'll be like, you know what? That was an expression of my broken psychology for the last two years and... And now I don't need it because I've I've figured out that I just need to eat more lentils. <laughs> oh, I cancelled a gig in Adelaide in a couple of weeks' time. Fucking that was that's a move. That is a move in the right direction. Never go back to Adelaide. No, <laughs> I um I had a gig in Adelaide and it was like I was like oh it's for two hundred bucks. But then I had a gig on the Wednesday and a gig on the Friday in Melbourne. And the gig in Adelaide was on Thursday. And I was just like... I mean, the gig on the Friday is out of town. It's it's in fucking Albury or some shit. And I was like, oh, I'll just fly there and do the gig and fly back. And, then, and I was like, last night I was like, no, Aiden, Why would you do that? Don't do that. Go to Adelaide and make it more of a trip. Because like, go and see your family. That's the whole reason I booked the gig anyway. Why do I have this compulsion to fill every day with gigs? And if I can't fill every day with gigs, then I just do the worst gigs. I'm allowed to have days where I don't do gigs. Fuck. 
but I want to beat Pete Jones in that fucking competition so bad. What is the right thing to do? Maybe I'll just go hard until the end of the year, try to get my name on that trophy and then... But it's still like three months away. That's crazy. I mean, I'll never get my name on the trophy. This is... It's this year. Next year, Pete will do more because of Edinburgh and shit. Like, this is the... (laughs) Maybe maybe Pete's just going to have that trophy forever. And it'll be a symbol of me learning that I don't need to do every gig ever and that I can put energy into other areas of my life and enjoy myself and be happy. What am I going to do this weekend? I'm going to message some friends and ask them to hang out with me. Is what I'm going to do. I'm going to suggest nice things that I can do with my friends. Maybe there'll be a nice gallery, like an exhibition that I can go to with a friend. Huh? Imagine seeing a friend. (sighs) That's what I need to do. Not this stupid fucking list of shit that I... I mean, also clean my house. That'd be nice. Clean the house is a good thing. Centrelink, that's something that I can do. Just one, you know. Do I need to get a job? Probably. Or maybe I can just start a comedy room. Now, see, I'm back. This is what it was like last night. Just back around and around in circles. I'm like, okay, I can do a nice thing and, and be happy. And I'm like, well, that's that sorted. Great. Now I just got to think about money. Well, money. All right. Job or comedy room? Well, if I want to run a comedy room, then I can run a comedy room. But then I'm spending too much time doing comedy. Fuck! <sighs> I did a real nice shit on the plane on the way home. <laughs> maybe that was the highlight of the trip (laughs) the shit that I did on (laughs) on the KL to Melbourne leg of my flight it was great though my word slippery little dolphin poo is what it was it just fell out of me is it true that they um, they put stuff in, in the food on planes to make you not shit? You know, like constip- constipants? Constipants? Constipationary, um, you know, bits. I've heard that. I'm not sure that I believe it. Because I mean, I just, it's just like so everyone doesn't go to the toilet at the same time. If they... I mean, surely if they do that, they would want to be telling us, right? Or maybe the food is just extremely fibrous. Maybe that's why it's so bad. I actually tasted coconut in the rice for breakfast. It was like, the breakfast I had was like some curry. Breakfast? Or, that's another thing. How, what, how do they choose which is breakfast and which is dinner on those flights? It seems quite arbitrary, doesn't it? You get on, you have dinner, you sleep. And then when they turn the lights on, it's breakfast time. But what time zone are you operating in? It's just plane time, I guess. And the night times on the plane only go for like five hours or six hours or something. Because the flight was only eight hours, but we had a full night. What time zone are you operating on? I am glad to be back, man. Like I do, I need to be here. I need to figure out how to be here rather than just always thinking about where I'm going next. I need to figure out how to exist in Melbourne and be a comedian in Melbourne. 
and have a life in Melbourne rather than this life that I have that's that's nowhere. I reckon that's what the therapist is going to tell me. And therefore, I don't need to go. No, I think that's it, man. I need to have a life that's not just transient and everywhere. Man, I was talking to another comic who uh, is 40 and, and he was saying he wouldn't give up his life of travelling around everywhere for, like, anything. And I was like, fair play if that's your thing, you know, but it all... Oh, like, who was it? Theresa May. <laughs> Insane that I'm about to quote Theresa May. Theresa May said, if you're a citizen of the world, you're a citizen of nowhere. You're not a citizen of anywhere. And it's like, I mean, yeah, if you're traveling around all the time, you get to see all these things, but what about when you're tired of that? Where do you go? And you will get tired one day. Were you just going to kill yourself? I mean, <laughs> it's just not that, it's not that crazy of a plan at a, at a point. You're just traveling around, doing things, seeing stuff, being with people, not having a job or any source of income that's like, you know, really that huge. You're just kind of scraping by and then you're 40 and then you're 50. Can you keep doing it then? Maybe if you dye the gray out of your hair, you could still hang and then you're 60 and then what? Your knees are fucked. You can't hike anymore. Your family are all... You haven't seen them for any longer than like a, a dinner in, in 30 years. Your parents are dead. Your parents are dead. Your parents are dead, mate. <laughs> They're fucking dead. And what? Your siblings, they've got their own lives. All your friends are just like these people that you met on the, on the in the fucking Guadalajara 10 years ago. <laughs> and they've all got their own lives too. Or they're still traveling around. Maybe you just go somewhere and be some cunt who travels around with all other old people while your knees give way and then you fall into the sea. Like, I don't want to do that. Even those lost travellers in India, they still live in India. You can't not live anywhere. You have to live somewhere. You go, da, 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 da. Fucking hell. I'm 28 years old. I need to live somewhere, but I'm scared to live somewhere. Why am I scared to live somewhere? Because I feel like if I'm living somewhere, then why? Why am I scared? What am I fucking scared of, cunt? Why am I scared to set down my roots in, in, in Melbourne? Is it because I think that the people here would reject me? Is it because I think that they don't love me? Is that it? Not sure. Like I feel like I'm 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 extrapolating my anxieties around relationships to home now as well. You know, like like I I think the reason that I've not been in a relationship that I'm scared to commit is because I'm scared that the person who I give my love to won't love me back. I think that's what I've been thinking about. And then home, right? where I live, what could I be scared of there, the fact that, like, if I settle somewhere, then, what, the people there won't accept me, I won't be able to build a good life here, because I think for, 
three years I've been making excuses as to why I don't have a life here. I mean, I don't want to get a job, but that surely it's not that I'm scared to get a job, is it? Like if I if I live longer in Melbourne, then I would have to get a job, and I just don't want to get a job. It doesn't make that much sense. Surely my fear of employment wouldn't be that deep seated that it's like in my subconscious that I can't even figure it out. That I. <laughs> Um, anyway, I don't know, man, I can't answer that question right now, isn't that unsatisfying, I thought I was going to reach some sort of end point here, I do feel better, I feel like I'm, I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to go hang out with my brother now, I'm excited about that, old Dan Jones, I just found a, a, oh my god, (laughs) I just found a fucking, dude, I've been, I'm, I met a comic in uh, London at the weekend and um, very lovely, real new. She started in December, uh, no, she started in January and she was telling me about her friend who started comedy in December and uh, she was talking about like, oh yeah, you know, she's about to get signed and stuff and I was like, that's crazy, she's not about to get signed. I mean, maybe she is, but it's insane. Like, you just don't, you don't have any... You, how could a comedian be of any value when they've been doing comedy for less than a year? Even if you've gigged every single day, if you've done like 300 gigs, you still, you don't even know who you are. You barely, you probably don't even know how to write a joke. And I went on that person's Instagram account and they had like, these are the gigs that I'm doing and here are the the ones with stars next to them and new material. It's like they're all new material. You've been doing comedy for a year. Every single gig you do is new material. <laughs> and um, and then what made me laugh is because I I saw a comedian called Dan Jones, and um, I'm hoping this person doesn't listen to the pod. I don't know. Even if they do, I I think if you're upset by these things now. In five years' time, you'll look back and see that I was right. And in five years' time, I'll look back and see that I shouldn't have said those things and that I was wrong. And I'm probably saying these things only out of bitterness because I'm like, why can't I? Why don't I have exactly the same things that you have, even though we're different people? I think that's why it's stuck in my craw. But anyway, I saw um, there's a comedian called Dan Jones and this person, uh, this comedian who started in December is doing a work-in-progress show with this other comic called Dan Jones. And it's like, what are you talking about you're doing a work-in-progress show? And I think she's going to do Edinburgh. She's going to do... She's doing a work-in-progress show in preparation for her debut run in Edinburgh, and at which point she will have been doing comedy for almost two years, not quite, like 18 months, that's fucking crazy, man, and why do I care about that, because all I care about is comedy, why should I be jealous of that, I don't ah! I'm gonna go, I've been going around in circles, I feel like I've spoken out everything that I can right now, I'm back in Melbourne, I've got a lot of shit to do, and I don't know which thing to do first, I think the first order of business now is to call the doctor, 
and organize an appointment for a therapist. Organize an appointment so I can go in there and then fucking go talk to a therapist. That's what I'm going to do. That's my next order of business. Thank you guys for listening to this. I hope you're having good weeks. Next week, I'm going to chuck out one of the two. I think I want to do Ella Nobra Watts is what I'm going to do. So look forward to that next week, me talking to Ella Nobra Watts about not having a dad. Fuck yeah. Until then, have a great week. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace. Mr. Kirk, Dexter's in school. I'm afraid he's not, Miss Birchmore. Dexter's trilogy problem is way out of hand. The Baltimore County School Board have decided to expel Dexter from the entire public school system. Oh, Mr. Kirk, I'm enough fed as you to learn Dexter's two and three, but surely expulsion is not the answer. I'm afraid expulsion is the only answer. It is the opinion of the entire staff that Dexter is criminally insane. Same, same, same. <laughs>
funny when they talk. Can you think of anything else?